you know, there's one thing that besides the whole, oh, there's a humanity in us that we want to help each other. You know, in times of crisis where, uh, like 9-11, the entire world just stopped and we all paid attention to, you know, help the United States with their tragedy, right? The Beirut blast in Lebanon, I mean, uh, 2020, right? We all helped them despite COVID crisis, the COVID crisis going off. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. We all come together one way or another and we congregate together and try to help each other in the best ways we can. Now, obviously, you got the idiots in the back of the classroom who like to make fun of that shit, you know, and it's, it's just let them do their thing. But the point that I'm trying to make here is we do help each other no matter what, right? Um, and I want to get into that this episode, but I also want to explain the real topic of what I'm going to be talking about, which is the complete opposite of what I just said. So let's go ahead and film the intro. So welcome back to uh, uh, the set of the Joe Rogan podcast. Just kidding. This is the Lonesome Podcast. We're not there yet. Welcome back to the McDonald's drive-thru. How could I take your order, McNuggets? Um, welcome back to the Lonesome Podcast. Here I am, uh, your host, Matt Palmer, the one and only. Mate C. Green, man. I got a freaking Coke right here, and it's really delicious. I'm going to take a sip, and I'll be back. Perfect. All right, I'm back. <clears throat> so, last episode, I ended it off with uh, uh, talking about God, talking about all that stuff, all that fun, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And a lot of the things that I emphasized on was how I like to battle and how I like to debate against Satanists, right? Now, when I say Satanists, I'm not talking about atheists. Okay, atheists and Satanists are two different diverse things, okay? Let's picture a Christian like myself compared to an atheist. I had a talk with God about this the other week, okay? The thing that I consider that di- that diverts me from an atheist, besides the fact that I believe in, in Jesus Christ and I believe in God the Father and the Holy Spirit, okay, the Holy Trinity, okay, is life after death, all right? If you ask an atheist, hey, what comes after death? What What comes after Let's be real. They smack the ham the, the Hamlet down. And they say, "Well, nothing." I mean, I just believe that you know it's almost like nihilism. I, I believe that uh, after death, everything just goes dark, and you go into a sleep forever. You never wake up. Nothing happens. We are born into this universe just like the Big Bang happened, and we will die in this universe just like the universe will one day die, right? We, we are born, we live, we pass away, nothing else happens after that. Now, if you take a Christian like myself, who's been extremely thoroughly in-depth about revelations and about um, life after death and life after even the earth's death and stuff, I mean, I would tell you that life after death for me would be, you know, people say, well, where do you think you're going to end up? I say, well, I would like to at least say that when I die... The first place I'm going to end up is in the presence of the Lord. I believe wholeheartedly, I believe confidently, not cocky, but confidently and humbled that I will end up in the presence of the Lord right as I die. So God be by my side, literally at my deathbed, right? But if you were to tell an atheist that, you said, did you know that when you pass away, God's going to be right by your side? They're not going to say that. They're going to say, no, he doesn't even exist. They will denounce that because they haven't had their own testimony with God. You can't have a testimony of something you haven't experienced, right? That's like me saying, wow, Disneyland was so fun when I didn't even go. So 
that's the thing that I'm trying to get across here. And when I talk to Satanists, right, I believe me, I do. Uh, I go on this one app. I'm not going to say what it is because I definitely know that it's a shit app. And it's not Tinder, by the way. I know I've dogged on Tinder, but I go on this one social app. Uh, it's very popular. Poplar. <laughs> popular. Uh, where I, excuse me, where I talk to uh, diverse people, uh, people who are across lots of religions and lots of ethnicities and people of color and people of different um, transgressions and stuff, people who have different looks and takes about politics and religions and emphasis and all this, that, and the other thing, right? But at the end of the day, I like to keep my standards firm and I like to respect others' beliefs. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean, okay, if you disagree with me about one thing, all right, I'm going to stand and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand for what's right and I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to shove it in your face. No, that's not what I do. And I feel like people take it the wrong way when they do that, right? If you want to have a conversation with somebody, if you want to have a debate with somebody, right, they disagree with you and they say, well, you know, if I were to say, uh, to say to somebody, hey, I just want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And even though you don't know him personally, he knows you um, and he loves you very, very dearly. And it doesn't matter if you've killed somebody or if you've killed yourself. He absolutely adores you and he doesn't he doesn't hold you uh um he doesn't hold you accountable because he took that punishment on the cross he took the full force of god's wrath on the cross you know people can can and will say back to me no he didn't i don't believe that at all right people will say that to me um they have but one of the biggest things that i get on this app fuck i'm just gonna say what the app it's yubo right it, the biggest thing that I'll get in return from Satanists is hail Satan. They'll say that crap. They'll say hail Satan. They'll say you go worship your sky daddy. They'll say you know why, uh, you know why Satan got kicked out of heaven is because God was jealous. Okay, well where'd you hear that from? You, you heard that God was jealous. In the Bible, God does admit He says, "I am a jealous God." But you, you take it out of context and make it seem like he kicked Satan out of heaven because, well, God was jealous that Satan was his most beautiful angel. That's like me having my son, right? I don't have a son, but if I had a kid, right, and I, I made him dress well and he loved how he was, right, as a kid, I made him dress well. I gave him an allowance that he spent wisely. I gave him a good life, Right? And then one day, you know, he's getting older and he wants to buy the business that I own. We own a company business. And I say, no, you can't buy it till you, you know, you can't buy it. I still own it. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hand it down to one of my long-term customers. Or I'm going to hand it down to your other brother, your older brother, right? If that kid, you know, was to rebel against me and be like, fuck you. I can't believe that you didn't give me that, that business. I'm your son, you should I should own it, right? And he rebels. How is that how how is that me being jealous? That's literally what the Satanists are pointing out. They're like, oh well, God was jealous of Satan of Lucifer being his most beautiful angel. So he kicked him out of heaven. Let me tell you how this actually goes, alright? This is how it goes. Okay. In heaven, Lucifer was not is, but was God's most beautiful angel. He was, I mean, the most beautiful voice. He was the most beautiful angel, period. He was God's most beautiful creation, all right? And he had that privilege above all. 
Lucifer being the, excuse my language, but being the retard that he is and was, ended up getting too prideful, too full of himself, and said, I want to become God. I want to appraise myself higher than the highest, higher than Jesus, higher than God the Father, and I want to sit at the throne of God. And basically, God is going to be Hulk to my Thanos, all right? That's kind of what he was partic- you know, saying. So he talked the third out of God's angels out of heaven by saying, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to you know, wage war against God and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that throne. That's exactly what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. So he talked a third of God's angels out of heaven, right? That's, that's what happened, basically. He was thrown out of heaven because he sinned and rebelled against God. God didn't throw him out of heaven because he was jealous of Satan. Look, he gave Satan his beauty. He gave Satan his power. He gave Satan everything that he has. Okay? And to you Christians out there that are listening right now, it's the same as just like God has given you every single thing that you have. It's the same reason why God has given you your cat. God has given you your dog. God has given you your house. Hell, God has given you the McDonald's Coke right here to me, right? Let me take a sip of this again. Perfect, man. It's delicious. So, excuse me. I had to pause that recording. Um, That's the whole thing. And I remember I was talking to a friend on Discord about this whole conversation of like, well, that's what Satanists will tell me. They're like, you know why he got kicked out of heaven is because God was jealous. It's like, he wasn't jealous. In the Bible, when God says, for I am a jealous God, he's talking about his time with us, okay? He's jealous that we put, we as humans, we as God's children, put our time into other things besides God. He's jealous that we put our times far more into idolizing our phones, idolizing video games, idolizing makeup and how we look, idolizing ourselves, man, idolizing ourselves, idolizing popularity in school. And the fucking biggest one, which is just a bigot in the house, is it's the elephant in the house, is money. How many people idolize money, man? So you can't really blame God when he says, man, I'm jealous. Because you just put money over me. You, you don't put me over money. Because if you put me over money, I'd be able to double that. And you'd be humble and grateful. But you're just sticking with what you got so far. So I'm jealous and I don't get your time. And I don't get your love. Because that's all I want to do for you. That's what God says. Okay? I know I got the Holy Spirit speaking in me. But, you know, that's just the whole thing. God saying, for I am a jealous God, doesn't mean, okay, well, uh, um... I'm jealous that Satan had all of the power that I gave him. Well, he didn't have all the power, but I'm jealous that I made Satan the most beautiful angel. Why would he be jealous if he, (laughs) like literally, why would he be jealous if he willingly gave it to him, right? And you got to understand, God is the God of love, right? You know what I said last episode? I said, people sit here and, and say this ridiculous argument. They're like, why would a, why would a all loving God send people to hell well you're kind of twisting the question it shouldn't be that the question really is um why would people reject a loving god right why would god send why would a loving god send people to hell no 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 no. god doesn't send you to hell your sins do right i want you to look at it like this okay coronavirus all right 
There is a vaccine for COVID. Some of us take it, some of us don't. Look at sin as, a, as, a, as COVID, right? Unlike COVID, sin has a 0% survival rate. If you get sin, you are no exceptions asked, no, I mean, no exceptions. You're going to hell. That includes me, by the way. You're going to hell. And quite frankly, you fucking A right deserve it. And so do I. And so does every single thing that I've, excuse me, that I've done in my life. All right? All the times that I said the Lord's name in vain, all the times I've sworn, all the, all the times I've committed adultery, all the times I've done every single sin in my life has, has driven me to the path of hell. Right? Think of sin like COVID, but it has a 0% survival rate. You want to know what the vaccine to that 0% is? Jesus. The 0%, the counterattack to that 0% is Jesus Christ. Right? Now, how do you get that vaccine? Well, you receive it. Jesus once said, whoever receives me also receives the Father who sent me. Right? I love one of these quotes in the Bible where Jesus was saying, whoever, uh, whoever confesses me before man, I will also confess him before the Father. But whoever denies me before man, I will also deny him in front of the Father. Basically, this is how it goes, right? And we'll get back on topic in just a second. But whoever confesses Jesus before man, meaning if you were out with your friends and they were like joking around about Christianity, oh, yeah, like Mormonism, you know, Mormons, Christians, Catholics, whatever, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they ask you, they're like, Tyler, Alicia, Matthew, Max, whatever, you know, do you believe in God? Do you believe that crap? You believe that horse shit, you know? And if you were to say, well, you guys can joke about it, but yeah, I do. I have a firm relationship with God, right? On judgment day, God will recognize that and he will confess you. Well, Jesus will, you know, because he's going to be judging you. Jesus will recognize that you confessed in that moment and he will confess you to the Father. He will say, this is this, right? But if you were to say, and you puckered down like a coward, right? And I've done this before, by the way. If you were to pucker down and say, well, no, no, I don't believe in that crap. My family does, but I don't, you know, whatever. Guess what's going to happen to you on Judgment Day? You're going to get rejected. You're going to get denied, man. It's like trying to show up to a bar with a, with a, a fake ID that is so fake that you can't even... Why did this person try to show up in the first place, right? It's basically that mentality. So, you know, the reason why I say I've, den I've you know, denied God in front of my friends is because... We all have that in us. People say, it's hard to talk about God on TikTok. It's hard to spread the message of the gospel because I'm worried that my friends and family will make fun of me. I grew up in a very atheist home and my, it's like coming out to my parents that I'm gay. Like they're just going to reject me. They're just going to kick me out. They're going to hate me. It's like, let them. Okay. Who, and this is another quote from the Bible. Whoever loses their life will find it. But whoever finds their life will lose it, you know? It doesn't matter what people think about your relationship with God. It's about what God thinks about your relationship with God. It's about what Jesus thinks, okay? This is the problem that Satanists have. This is the problem that some atheists have. They don't have a backbone. Atheists, their problem, and if you're an atheist, listen to this. Let me call you out, right? Respectfully, 
unlike Satanists, I'm going to call you out respectfully. You don't have a backbone. When you, you think that when you die, you're going to go six feet under the ground into a sleep that's going to last trillions of trillions of billions of years. Never wake up. Endless silence. Endless nothingless. So you're going to live this life like it's your last. Because in your opinion, confess it. Let's be real here. If you're going to talk to me like that, that's how it is in your, in your life. This is your one and only life. YOLO! Let me just go to the bar tonight, get fucking blackout drunk, because I don't know when I'm going to die, and when I do, I'm never going to wake up again. So I'm just going to, you know, gonna take some ecstasy, take some heroin, cocaine, and I'm going to live this life like it's my last, you know? But as Christians, we sit here and we say a complete polar opposite. We say, damn, bro, like some, some older people will say, I'm like 65 years old, man, and I've lived a life. I've retired finally. But here's the problem. My life hasn't even began in the span of eternity. You know, a grain of salt on the earth, or a grain of sand on the earth, not salt, a grain of sand on the earth is like that little speck of sand. Come here, Charlie. Is nothing compared to the vast deserts of the planets across the universe. Right? That, sa- that little speck of sand is our life here on earth. And the life after that, that atheists don't believe in, is the deserts on other planets. The deserts on earth, and the deserts on Mars, Venus, I mean, other planets besides, but they don't have that backbone. Christians, we believe in not just a desert, we believe in a kingdom. Right? We believe that Jesus came down here and he served. He didn't come down here and say, I am the literal. Well, he did say, I am the literal son of God, but he didn't say this whole sentence. He didn't say, I'm the literal son of God and you guys need to serve me. I command you to. If he said that, right, damn right, he could have had people serve and just right off the bat, just no matter what. He came down here and he served others. He came down here to be a testimony of the father. The father sent him to die for humanity's sins, right? He came as a light of heaven and a light of the father, right? People can say, oh, well, that never happened. There's no proof. Well, let me just tell you something. There's no, there's also no proof that George Washington existed. You know, there's no proof of Julius Caesar. There's no proof of people. Well, there is proof of Julius Caesar, but there's no proof of any of that shit, right? I mean, we're still sitting here trying to figure out the dinosaurs, you know what? We don't even know officially if it was an asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. We don't know if there's proof of people that have lived here back in the 1700s. So no shit people are going to say, oh, well, it, I don't believe that Jesus even came down to earth. I get that. Let's get back on track, right? Let's get to the main little beans and, and, and salsa of this podcast episode. When I get into an argument or debate with a Satanist, it go, it ends in one of two ways, always. It always ends in one of two ways, okay? There's a third way, but I'm going to keep it secret for right now. One way, which is the most common, is they end up threatening me, and a lot of Christians get this besides me, 
Now, what do I mean by threatening me? Well, you probably figured it out. They end up saying like, oh, well, I'm just going to put a curse on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a fucking demon after you. I'm going to put a curse of anxiety on you. I'm going to put a spirit of depression on you. you know, I'm going to put a spirit of a car crash in your, you know, in your whatever. Every single time they do that, I just know I win the argument because imagine getting so triggered over a simple debate between religions that you have to resort to threatening somebody's life just to win that debate. You are what I would call a hashtag pussy. You know what? No, you're not a pussy. You are a hashtag clitoris because you simply put don't have the balls to continue a debate without shying away into your insecurities and backing up into threatening people. What are you, fucking 12? Going out there on the playground threatening the big bad bully? And then when he strikes back, you just sit there and pull out your jacket and start swinging at him? No. See, that's the problem with Satanists, right? They're stupid. And if you're a Satanist listening to this right now, I just want you to understand something, okay? I've heard so many of your dumbass insults. I've heard so many of your repeated opinions about how much you hate God, how much you despise Christians. You have the same mentality that the devil does. The devil hates Christians. He hates us because we have the one thing that he doesn't. All right? We have eternal life. We have a chance with God. He had one chance and he fucking blew it. I mean, he keemstarred that shit. He blew it. But we have endless chances to repent until we pass away. So for you Satanists out there, who are so far down this rotten, moldy, I mean, cow shit in the prairie rabbit hole of following the devil and his commands. You just don't have any time to take a look at Jesus and say, hey, maybe I should actually, you know, see if the devil is lying to me and see if he really is what Jesus has said he is, a piece of shit and Quite frankly, he's the most evil murderer since the beginning, right? And a lot of people, they just sit here and dog on God and they dog on Christians because we want to spread the motive. They say, don't, put, don't pour your religion out on us. Don't force your religion on, on us. But the moment when we say the same thing about like the LGBTQ community or Black Lives Matter or even any other else... We say, hey, stop pouring your agenda into our television, into our kids' programs, into our, you know, lives. Then they get triggered. It's the same with Satanism. Let me tell you something, okay? Pull out a dollar bill out of your wallet. Seriously, pull out a dollar bill. Okay? And I want you to look on that dollar bill or pull out a 5 or a 10 or a 20 or a 100. I want you to look on that bill. And I want you to see the pyramid on there, right? At the very top of that pyramid, there's an eye. Do you know what that eye is? It's the all-seeing eye. Satan has been working at this world since the dawn of time. Right? Since he got cast out of heaven. He's, he didn't get cast down to Jupiter. He didn't get cast down to Neptune. He didn't get cast down to Venus. He got cast down to Earth and Earth alone. He got cast down to the lowest of lows. And that's where he went. You want proof that God exists? You could go and pray in the church. You could pray in your closet. You pray. Guess where God is? He's in, his, he's in your quiet place. You don't need to go out to the synagogues and boast and preach. 
just to, just to make everybody know you're a man or a woman of God, right? Go into your closet, go into your room, go into your car, go somewhere where you're in private and talk to God in private. Do it in your head. If you've received the Holy Spirit, he's in your head. He's literally the voice in your head, you know? This whole Satanism debate shit that they pull off on me, they say, like the second thing, for instance, is uh, just ultimately reliant to attacking God and saying, well, if God exists, then why does he allow babies to be killed, right? Why does he allow abortions, abortions to happen? Why does he allow people, you know, like I remember a while back I saw a thing that said, if God really does exist, why did he allow Nagasaki and Hiroshima to go, you know, haywire like it did? And for those of you living under a fucking rock who don't know what that is, the, the bombs that went off in Japan, right, the nuclear weapons, it incinerated like two to 500,000 people in a single second. It was like a hyperblink, okay? Why would God allow such a... a just a destroyer of world weapon to kill so many innocent men, women, and children. Why would God allow that? Let me tell you a little thing, okay? And I'm not going to yell about this, but do you not understand how much God has to see every single day, the evil in this world? The countless every single second, the hundreds of people that get murdered every second across the world, every single day, the countless women that get raped, every single day, the countless men who go to war and lay down their lives for some, somebody back in the United States or in their country that takes it for granted. Every single day that God has to confront a newborn baby that wakes up in his hands because somebody decided to perform an abortion. Do you not understand how much evil he has to witness every single day? You see, God is a just God. People sit here and will say, well, if God is just God, then why doesn't he just make us all go to heaven instead of having to go to hell, risk having to go to hell? Because if he just automatically bypassed that and he said, okay, I'm going to make sure that everybody has eternal life. I'm going to make sure that everybody gets a resurrected body and you all get to go to heaven. No, he's a just God. That would break his justliness, right? He's a justified God. That's what comes being a perfect God. He's a perfect judge too, and you're going to see it. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings, right? Um, it's wrong to put all the blame on God. You need to understand that God is the technical almighty God of this world, but he's also the God of the universe. He's the God of every planet that is in our own solar system from Mercury to Pluto, he's the god of every other planet in the in the in the universe. But this is his chosen world. And here, where Satan got cast down on, Satan is technically the demigod or the half god or the wannabe god, the wannabe hood gangsta god of this world. You take that dollar out of your damn wallet right now and you look on there and you'll see the all-seeing eye, the pagan eye right there, that satanic Luciferian crap. He's been running this right below your nose and you're just too stupid enough to sniff it, right? A lot of people, like from John Ramirez explaining this stuff, a lot of people will sit here and they'll talk about, you know, a lot of ex-Satanists, they'll say what they do 
and the, the witchcraft and the Luciferian practices they do are so extreme. I want to expose a little bit of some Hollywood and I want to expose a little bit of some industry, background industry stuff, okay? Let me point out Heath Ledger for a minute. Heath Ledger passed away not so long ago. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he played the Joker on uh, Batman. He was in that one movie, uh, what was it, like All the Things I Hate About You or 10 Things I Hate About You? Uh, that was when he was younger. Heath Ledger was a brilliant actor. He ended up passing away, right? Another person, Juice World, that rapper, right? Those two in particular, I want to point out, were both, to an extent, Satan worshippers. They were Satanic. They were Luciferian. This is how this this is how it goes in the backgrounds of this shit, right? I'm not going to explain how I know this because I've learned it through, ex, you know, experience in the church and doing my research and doing everything else, but never participating in it at least. You confront somebody who works in the higher ups of you know, the devil's business, so to speak. It might be somebody who you meet at a party. They say, hey, come talk to me for a minute. What do you want? Do you want some popularity? Do you want money, like fame, fortune, whatever? Here's a contract. You sign this contract, right? You're signing it with the devil. When people sit here and say, I sold my soul, let me tell you a little secret. It's a little secret because it's, it's the truth. You can't sell your fucking soul. All right. Yes, you can, Matt. I did it. Okay, well, I'm about, to, I'm about to change your entire mind with what I'm about to say, all right? You physically can't sell your soul because your soul belongs to God, whether you're a Satanist, an atheist, a Catholic, a Buddhist. Um, I don't care what you believe in. Your soul, by default and definition and ethically, belongs to God. Right? That is like Satan saying, I want your soul. Right? That's Satan saying, I want this person's soul. So you need to sell it to me. You're going to go to hell, but at least you get everything you want in this life. He can't do that. He can't buy your soul. That's like me coming up to you and saying, I want your car. I'm buying this car. You can't, I can't get it. You can't sell it. If you don't want to sell it to me, you don't have to. You can't, how can, how can you sell something that doesn't even liably belong to you? Answer my question. How can you sell something that doesn't belong to you? So how can you sell your own soul to the devil when it doesn't even belong to you? But I'll tell you one thing, the deepest sin, the darkest sin that man can ever commit. And God said this, he said, blasphemy against the son can and will be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. That is the one sin that God will never forgive. Right? When people sit here and denounce God and they say, I don't believe in God, and they actively worship the devil, and they actively do his business and destroying the will of God, and well, not destroying the will of God, but trying to alter it and nastily do malicious shit like that, right? Murdering people, murdering animals, sacrifices, dumb shit. I mean, it's blasphemy, man. Denouncing God, all this stuff. Heath Ledger, Juice World, when their contracts ended, they, they died. 
You really th- do you really think that Juice World showed up at an airport one day? I mean, buzzed off his mind off a bunch of perks and just passed out and died. Sir, be realistic. I mean, do you really think that? Look into the background of it. Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, yeah, that moron. All right. Same thing behind his shit. Now, I know that people say, well, he was killed. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. He had shit going on pr- Trump. He probably knew who the fucking Antichrist was. Okay? He definitely probably got killed. He didn't kill himself. Give me a break. All right? All of this stuff be- behind the lines of Satanism is just a bunch of people cowering behind a fucking loser who got tossed out of heaven. You know, what I like to do when I pray, and I know that I know that, that when I pray to God, he takes some delight in this too, is I get, you know, when if you're a Christian, you know exactly what I'm about to talk about. If you're not a Christian, you're going to have no clue. But when I get spiritually attacked, right, while I pray, the first thing I like to do is I'm, I like to make fun of Satan because I know it's, if it's a spirit, I know it's sent by Satan. If it's Satan himself, I like to make fun of him directly in his face. All right? You want to know what Jesus did when he came face to face with Satan in the form of a serpent in the Bible? He stomped on his head. He showed no mercy to him. Right? And Jesus even said at one point, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from the, you know, from, from God. Let me take a sip of this coke real quick. Man shall not live by bread alone. We don't fight against each other. We fight against the forces of the darkness. We fight against the evil spirits and the the hiding places, whatever the quote goes. I can't remember it, but I definitely like to fight with people who back up that fucking loser and attack me first and stuff. I absolutely love getting messages from people who are hardcore Satanists that will message me and say, um, you know, they'll attack me and say, like, you believe in Jesus? And then they bring up this bullshit about, like, well, you know, so-and-so told me that, you know, this, that, and the other. And I know it's lies because I read my Bible and I know exactly how to turn them down. And I say, man, I wish I could just tell you just how wrong you are. But you're not going to listen to me, so I'm just going to have to lay out some Bible quotes to you. I mean, the, me, me being a very, very, very knowledgeable, humbled Christian, when I debate a Satanist or when I get in an argument with one, I just I, I grab him like a, like a cowboy getting a bull. I mean, seriously, I just rope him because I know exactly when they're starting to break and it always ends up with one of two ways. One is they end up threatening me, and the other one is when they just completely divert away and they just cower behind. They say, you know, well, I don't got time for this. I'm like, I'm sure you don't. Your time's limited, just like the devil, but my time is eternal because of Jesus. So go ahead and pussy away. I don't give a shit. I really don't. You're, you're following. Imagine this, by the way. I'm going to take a minute just to roast some of these people. I mean, imagine following... Quite literally, the biggest loser. What kind of dumb shit would you have to do to get thrown out of heaven? Seriously, what kind of stupid crap would you have to do? You not realize how hard it is to get thrown out of heaven? Nobody can do it. And here's Satanist. He had the ultimate privilege. Let me just go on a 
massive rant. Satan had the the most biggest giant privilege on the fucking anywhere. He was God's most beautiful angel. God's most beautiful angel. He was God's most beautiful singer. He was God's most privileged angel. And bollocks did he mess up. He fucked it up. All because he got too full of himself. So tell me, why are you following the biggest loser? He had everything at his disposal. He could have, he, he was, he not could have, he was. He was God's most beautiful angel. And instead he fucked it up like an idiot. He said, I want more. Bitch, you had enough. You had everything you could have asked for. And then you want to go for the highest of the highs? How stupid do you have to be? So no shit, I'm going to make fun of him. No shit, I'm going to make fun of the people who follow this guy. I know there's people probably laughing at me right now like, wow, he's getting triggered about this. Yeah, dude. Because you don't understand how many times that people will attack Christians. People will attack Christians and say, go pray to your sky daddy. You know, they'll attack us just for believing in God and explaining our messages online. And then you attack us and condemn us because you disagree with it. Now, I understand there's some people in this church who will sit here and preach it a little bit too wrongly. You see, this is the thing that people that, you know, that believe in God, including myself, need to do. We need to preach it. We don't need to force it. Stop telling people and condemning people for their sins. Stop saying, okay, you had sex before marriage. Let me tell you something, pal. You're going to hell. Oh, look, you smoke weed. Let me tell you something, bud. You're going to hell, right? Oh, you you cuss? You said the Lord's name in vain? <laughs> Bro, you better knock that off right now. You're going to hell. Don't say that. Stop condemning people for their sins. It's not your right to judge people for their fucking sins. It's not. It's not your right. It's not their right. It's not your mother's right. It's not anybody's right besides God's. You know, God is a just God and God is a just judge. He is a perfect, just judge. And you sit here and dare rival him and say, I can condemn people for their sins. You had sex before marriage. You did this. You stole this. You said this. You're going to hell. I hate it when bishops pull that shit off. When you go to the bishop's office and you confess your sin, right? And you say, look, man, I, Bishop, whatever, Johnson, Taylor, Murdy, whatever your damn name is. You know, I, 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 I had sex with my girlfriend. And quite frankly, we're, we've only been together for six months. And he sits here and pulls that rat, red car, rat card off on you and says, well, you're going to outer darkness if you don't, you know, knock that off and repent. Now, he has a point partially about the, you know, you got to knock that off because repentance comes when you turn away from your sins and actively pursue Jesus, right? But the part where he says you're going to go to outer darkness, he shouldn't be saying that. It's up for Jesus to decide, all right? It's your sin. It's up for Jesus not to decide. It's up for Jesus to, you know, whether he condemns you or welcomes you, right? You know what the scariest quote in the Bible is? It's actually a really interesting quote. The scariest Bible in the quote is, depart from me, ye of iniquity or ye of lawlessness, for I never knew you. Now, why is that the scariest quote? Let's break it down, okay? That is Jesus saying, depart from me to Christians and people, all right? even says in the Bible, he says, many will, many will say, but Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out many demons in your name? People will put their works, right, above their relationship with God. 
This is the pro- let me tell you something. If you live in Utah, let me tell you something right now. If you live in Utah and you are a Mormon, I need you and your family to listen to this right now, okay? This is the problem that I had with Mormonism, okay? When I got out of the Mormon church, I became more closer to God than I ever could, all right? I started reading my Bible instead of constantly being forced to read the Book of Mormon. Read your Bible and converge it, all right? I'm not saying the Book of Mormon is wrong, but you need to read your Bible. You have to read your Bible. Read from Genesis and try to get through Exodus and go all the way to Revelation, all right? Start off with Daniel. Start off with Mark. Maybe not Daniel, but start off with Mark, Luke, Matthew, Daniel, somewhere, okay? The reason why I say don't start off with Daniel is because it talks about the Great Tribulation a lot but in the end times. But, uh, you know, go ahead and start somewhere. But you, this whole Mormonism thing, man, they, they just put this fucking narrative that... They put this narrative that, uh, you know, if you sin once, you're going to hell. If you sin twice, you're going to hell. You do everything, they're going to hell and stuff like that, right? And they also believe in the multi-kingdom of God and all. You know, like the celestial, tilestial, and terrestrial. They make it seem like it's a debate, like it's a, like it's a competition to get to the highest kingdom. Okay, you have to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, you got that done? Perfect. Go on your mission. Okay, after that's done, get married and sealed in the temple. All right, when that's done, if, it, if you even do get that done, right, endure to the end. You got to understand, not all of us can get married and not all of us can even live long enough to go on a mission or even live long enough to get married. Well, it's all, it's all based on God. I understand that. I really do. But not everybody's on the same path as that. Right? You can't make it a competition. Stop making getting to heaven a competition. Can I just tell you, the number one way you're going to get to heaven is not based off of what you do. This is what Jesus was saying. It's not about what you dang do, brother. It's about what you did in the terms of the spirit. It's whether or not you believed and confessed with your mouth. It, this is the most beautiful, freaking beautiful quote in the Bible, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him and believe in his sacrifice shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then Romans ten thirteen says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's actually my favorite Bible quote. By the way, I have it as like my main thing, Romans 10, 13, because it's such a, it's just, it gets straight to the dang point. Romans 10, 13, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me take another sip of this Coke. Brilliant. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the thing that people need to start understanding. That's the thing that Satanists need to at least take a glance at. Oh, I'm too scared because then the devil's going to hit me. He, I'm too scared because then he's going to curse me with blindness. And this actually happens, by the way. You know, he's going to curse me with blindness. He's going to curse me with something bad. Well, there's your fucking proof to get out of that army and come to God's side. There's your proof that the person that you're worshiping, if you can't even take a diverse second to look at the other side of the spectrum, right? To just get one sliver of what God is like. The truth Right? Because you're scared of what your God is going to do. You are already telling yourself you're on the wrong side. Now, somebody can say, well, Matthew, why don't you apply that to your own principles? Why don't you take a look at what Satan does in his side? You could have everything you want. You know, the one thing that 
you know, it's it's like Satan's little monarch. He says, you know, thy will be done however thou hast to do it. Like it's basically do whatever you want that makes you happy. But God's will is believe in God, right? Believe in Jesus as you believe in the Father. You want to know why Jesus says believe in the Father? And in all ways acknowledge God and he will correct your paths is because God knows what's exactly best for you. He knows what you want. He doesn't look at your flesh. He looks at your heart. He searches your heart. He knows exactly what you desire. He knows exactly what you want. He knows exactly what you want. Let me listen to what I just said. He knows exactly what you want. The devil knows what you want, right? But he doesn't know what's best for you. He knows that you want to have sex with that handsome hunk over in the bar. He knows that you want that $100,000 bills on Wheel of Fortune. He knows that you want this, you want that. But at the end of the day, in hell, you are you could be burning with Hitler. You could be burning with the most rich man in the world. You could be burning with the guy on the street. It doesn't matter because in hell, you won't have that money from Wheel of Fortune. You won't have that that sexy hunk that you had sex with the other night. You won't have this person. You won't have that person. You won't have any of it because you're going to be burning in hell because you chose temporary materialistic stuff over Jesus. But if you choose Jesus, not only are you going to find eternal life, which is his gift to you. Let me explain this in the next portion of this podcast, but you are going to find everything that you desire. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Read your damn Bible. Read it. Read it, read it, read it. Before you jump straight to the Book of Mormon and try to learn about about polygamy, go ahead and read your Bible first. Read Genesis and see how God created the world. And then go to Revelation and see how he's about to end the world in the coming years during the tribulation. Go ahead, read it, read it, read it, read it. And, and Satanists, I dare you. You know what? Anybody on here that is a Satanist, anybody who's listening and you hardcore believe in Satanists, I guarantee you don't have the nuts, the gosh damn balls to sit here and get off this podcast when I'm done and open the nearest Bible towards you that doesn't start with a with an LGBTQ pride Bible or a fucking Satanist Bible. Read the Holy Bible. Don't read this half-assed Queen James Bible. Blasphemy. Don't read this Luciferian Bible, right? Written by and the author of, written by the biggest loser in the entire multiverse, Satan himself. Don't read that. Read the Bible from the God of the entire universe. Read the God of your life who wrote a book just for you. That Bible speaks to you. It speaks to me, man. Read it out loud. That's the thing for for people who are getting started, like reading your Bible. Oh, it's really hard because it gets boring. Dude, download the new English translation so it speaks in clean English and read it out loud. It's like reading a freaking book that is so good. You know, like reading Jesus talking to like those Pharisees or whoever where he told them off. He was like, you hypocrites and stuff. Like, oh my gosh. Jesus is smart, man. Like He's smart. But like smart, okay? And you can tell that this guy clearly isn't from earth. It's supernatural. It's nice. It's good. It makes you want to know more about him. Okay. I just I I seriously dare you atheists to take a look into the afterlife yourself before you decide that there is no life after death and I challenge you satanists, you luciferian cucks to just open your bible once. Once. And just 
take a couple of minutes and read through the most important parts of the Bible. Pray for the first time in your life. Pray to God the Father and say, God, I'm going to give you one chance. One chance is all I'm going to give you to prove yourself to me. One chance is all I'm going to give you. And I ask, please, in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that you show me that you exist. And I promise you, I promise you that if you actually do it properly, you don't just say, oh, maybe he will. No, put your heart into it. He will show himself to you. I promise you, dude. And you're going you're gonna to get set free, all right? These, these chains that Satan has put on you, God's going to break them off so freaking hard, right? You know, when I was saved back in 2020, when I just got out of Mormon, uh, the Mormon church, I, I started reading my Bible properly and stopped looking at it from a Mormonism perspective of, you know, okay, we'll get sealed in the temple and you'll make it to the celestial kingdom. Okay, it's, it shouldn't be a competition, People need to understand that God is much more than just a sky daddy. He's much more than just, you know, they say, oh, well, let your own will be done. No, let God's will be done because God's will is above all. God's will is divine. God's will is promising. It's prosperous. It's eternal. God's will, will is beautiful. And I feel bad that modern day Christians on TikTok don't talk about this. I'm going to end this podcast episode by talking about this real quick. For those of you who do... Uh, post religious stuff on TikTok. I need you to start listening to what you're talking about on there. Rewatch your videos and pay attention to the way that you use God. Sometimes I hate getting on TikTok and I'll see like I'll type in hashtag Christian TikTok and I see a bunch of people saying, "Wait, don't scroll. If you scroll away from, and it's like a picture of Jesus, right? If you say don't scroll, if you scroll, you don't love God, or you know, don't scroll if you love God. Like condemning people, right? Guilt tripping people." It is the most disgusting thing ever. It's like you're going to tell this person – you're using this person for the algorithm or you're using God for the algorithm. It's so disgusting. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. You fuck. Don't. Knock that off. It's so nasty. I hate it. I really do. I, I absolutely hate it, right? And to those of you – I'm going to speak to the Christians now. If, if you do want to spread the word and you want to talk about the gospel and you do want to talk about God and – you want to learn more, but also want to talk about your testimony and experience. Ask God to give you a platform or give you an outlet to talk about him. And he will make you, he will give you somewhere, right? I mean, he will. And you just got to trust him, right? Faith without works is dead, okay? So I suggest you do this. Say a prayer. All right, say a prayer and say, hey, Lord, I really want to talk about you and I really want to spread the gospel, spread the message, spread the good news, spread my testimony in you. I want to, I want to talk about you. Will you please give me somewhere and people to talk about that need to hear or to talk to about you that need to hear the message? Amen. And then the works of it is maybe start off on TikTok. And then see what happens. That's all I'm going to say to you. Just see what happens. Just post a video of you saying, I just want to tell everybody listening to this right now that I love God. And you know what? He loves you too. And then plug your favorite Bible verse, right? And maybe people will go to that and then they'll find their own save, saving journey, right? Hey, the, the, the Bible quote shortly after that, that just changed my life, man. 
you know, but it's not about you. It's about God. It's about giving God the glory because we are justified in God. That's the thing with the 0% survival rate of sin. The vaccine is Jesus. Jesus took the punishment of sin, the punishment of hell, the punishment of the lake of fire, the punishment that every single one of us, you, me, my dad, my mom, I mean, everybody should be taking from Adam and Eve to the first baby that's born right now, or until the age of accountability, at least. Jesus took that punishment on the cross, and all you have to do is believe in him. So I want to tell you something to end this off a little bit, okay? Where is Buddha right now, right? Where's Buddha? Where's Allah? Where are they? Jesus died, okay? He, he died on the cross, but guess what? He, ra- he was raised from the dead three days later. You believe it, because I do. He died on the cross taking all of the punishment of humanity and let my words trace off as a testimony as this podcast said he died on the cross to take the punishment of humanity and then three days later after he passed away God raised him from the dead go tell me where Buddha was raised from the dead go tell me where he died for humanity go tell me where Allah died for humanity seriously go you want to know why Jesus died for us Two things. One, because he loved us. And two, because it was the will of God. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross that whoever whoever believe in him shall not perish but might have everlasting life. Right? That's the thing that Christians like preach about the most because it's so true. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is king... You, simply put, will be saved. And you know what people will say, well, once saved, always saved. No, that's not true. You know, you can lose your salvation. Let me tell you something. Jesus said on the cross when he died, it is finished. It is done. He didn't say it is finished, but also you got to do a little bit more of work. No, he did the work for you. All you have to do is believe and follow him, all right? He even said, if anybody wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Right? So, to conclude this episode, if you're Christian, do the right thing and pray to God that you may have his will be known in your life. If you are an atheist, I ask that you please Give God a shot and allow him to prove to you that he's real and that there is everlasting life waiting for you on the other side of the veil. And if you are one of the few people listening to this that are a Satanist, I know that we disagree on massive majorities and we disagree on a lot and especially your tinsy-wincy God hates my beautiful almighty God, but at the end of the day, Whether you believe in God the Father or you believe in Lucifer, the fallen angel. God loves you. It doesn't even matter, man. He just loves you. It doesn't matter how much sin you've committed. It doesn't matter how deep in the rabbit hole you are. There is still time for you to be saved. But that time is running short. And that time will end one day. And it will end soon. For God said... 
in the last days I will pour out my flesh upon all spirit. Your old men will dream dreams, and your, your young women shall prophesy and see visions. Okay? I had my first rapture dream back in, I think it was 20, November of 20, uh, no, it was February, actually, of 2021. I prayed back in November of 2020, but yeah, okay. So next episode, I'll be talking about the Great Tribulation, the Tribulation and all that stuff, and we'll get into that. But please, just give God a shot. Allow him to come into your life and work in miraculous ways, beautiful ways, okay? And just allow him to make your life better. This life sucks, man. And a lot of us deal with a lot of depression, anxiety, PTSD, abuse, everything A to Z, all right? But he has the power to take that away and make you stronger. He has the power to make you his brilliant, 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 Son or woman of God, all you have to do is take the freaking jump. Take the leap of faith. The trust part comes later, all right? And that's what one of the main people in that Man of Steel movie said. Was the pastor, when Superman went talking to him, he said, um, sometimes all it takes is a leap of faith. The trust part comes later. So here's my leap of faith as I, as I finish recording this episode. And I trust in God that it will reach the people who need to hear this right now, a.k.a. you, the listener, that you may follow in Jesus' exact steps. Not mine, but Jesus's. It's, I, I'm very humbled to be hosting this podcast. I'm very grateful to have anybody listening to this right now. And I'm grateful especially that Jesus died for my sins and I'll do it on behalf of anybody listening right now, whether it be heaven, hell, or earth, that Jesus is king. He's the king of my life. He's the savior of my life. He's the Lord of my life. And he can and will be the savior of your life too. Amen to that. I will see you on the next episode. And we will be talking about the tribulation and stuff. Not really go in depth about that. But... Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast episode. I, I This is going to sound cringy, but God loves you, and I do too. And I will see you on the next episode of the Lonesome Podcast. I have been your sexy, sexy host, Matt Palmer, with my McDonald's Coke. And I will see you on the next episode of the Lonesome Podcast. Time to drink some Diet Coke.